Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life.
Welcome, everyone. This is America Meditating Radio. I'm Sister Jenna, and always glad when you can join us on the air. That was Joe Robb from his new track called Wake Up. Did you hear the line when he says we've just got to be patient? (laughs) Because patience is a virtue. And the more we embody patience, I think it comes with a lot of other strengths like love, compassion, understanding, forgiveness, clarity, insight, farsightedness. And so patience is really truly the call of our virtue of today. We hope you're doing extremely well and we hope that you're finding something that will give you a sense of inspiration or enthusiasm. As we know, a life that is filled with enthusiasm is a sign that we're pulling in the energy of the divine, the supreme being, Allah, Krishna, Jehovah, whatever's the name that you'd like to call this being. It is still a concept of an energy. It's an experience of an energy that we embodied, that we hold and for whatever the reason or the mystical purpose behind why we sometimes merge this quality of love to the point that we're no longer gentle, we're no longer soothing, we're no longer interested in how the other person feels, then that's definitely always the main trigger, the main sign that you have forgotten, that you've come from a great source and you are going to return to a great source. But before returning to that great source, have I lived my life as if I have come from a source that is good, that is great, that is noble, that is pure. Because in the midst of the hate that we're observing, and I'm not saying that hate is everywhere in the world, but we all have a a vibration where we dislike something. I mean, haven't you ever disliked a comment that someone made or... Haven't you ever disliked something that another did? And haven't you ever felt uncomfortable in the presence of a person, a group of people, or even a situation? And so any sign in which I don't feel my divinity coming out of me or or that sense of trust or faith or purity or love flowing through me, it's an absence of my embodied remembrance that I came from divinity And I have to return back to divinity. And so it's been interesting because I woke up this morning really contemplating on, you know, the, the, the changes that the soul goes through. It could be because of an event or situation. It could just be the natural entropy of energy in our consciousness that just changes from an absolute climatic stage of divinity and purity like nature changes in its seasons. We too as souls are changing. And if we look at the sixth element of our lives, we might get to an element called light or energy. You know, water, fire, ether, earth, air are elements that the body is made up of. Uh, And so what is it that governs the body, though? It is the soul. When it enters the body, it moves the body forward. And then the body begins to live out a story. It could be a love story. It could be a story of hate. For the beginning of last, well, the middle of last year, it was just so interesting for me to observe the disconnect of our beingness in the midst of our political campaign and just everywhere in the world. The way that a man speaks to a woman has so much to do if he's connected to source. The way a woman treats herself has a lot to do with the way that she's connected to source. And I find myself this morning 
going back to when I was just born, like when you were born, when my friends and people that I know were first birthed, you know, this this gentle, pure, fragrant, beautiful spirit that just embodied the being. Remember babies? You just loved to hold them next to your cheek. You loved to smell a baby. You you loved touching the skin of a baby. It was so soft. And I feel that as this climate that we're in, this emotionally charged, this emotionally deceitful narrative that we're enduring, this vibration that many of us are feeling where something is unhealthy, something's not going right, something is amiss. We are grappling with what's going on. We're grappling with perhaps our own ability to be truthful and loving. And so as challenging as these times might be, you know, I'm calling all of you to visit your level of enthusiasm, your quality of living, your purpose of living, and to see if you're truly living the life that deeply inside of you wants to express itself if there's a connection to that supreme energy of love. Because if you and I are living constantly for the way that people want us to be for them, we're living our lives based on the projection and how we think we should be in front of certain scenes and situations. If we're living our lives for the sake of economic survival, it's just a feeling deep within your spirit. You feel like you've moved away from your own love story, like you've moved away from that real sense of why you're here. And so I'm inviting you to consider if your call is to be loving and if your call is to truly be a soul with that presence and that sense of fulfillment, you, we, we no longer have to live the life the world has been promoting to us. But your conscience, your heart, your being, your life preview is signaling to you if I'm doing what I'm really called to do. And it might not pay you the biggest money. It might not get you the biggest likes. But there's something that we have to do that makes us feel like I'm good enough, that this is good enough for me. Stay tuned. We're going to be having a heart-to-heart love story conversation with Karen Kingsbury, New York Times bestselling novelist. But before we get to her, here's Off the Grid from my Off the Grid into the Heart meditation CD. Take a deep breath, everyone. I invite you to become aware of the two types of consciousness that reside within the soul. Let us choose the consciousness of light over the darkness of past stories, the history that gets into our way. Let us now remember our connection to the supreme energy the supreme soul, the being of light. For far too long, we have allowed the external forces to dictate our inner force. And at this time, I choose to get off the grid and step inside the heart to be myself. 
choose to no longer be under the influence of what the world tells me, what my parents have told me, my spouse, friends, or anyone who has been a negative influence in my life. In this meditation, I stand strong in the original, eternal, imperishable worth of the soul. I, the being of light, the soul of power, I step into the heart and I become a being of love, a being of light and goodness. Welcome back. That was Off the Grid from my Off the Grid into the Heart Meditation CD. Sometimes life moves us so fast that we forget appreciating just breathing, appreciating the people that we live with, even appreciating the inspiration that's trying to come up to signal or to move us into a life of major purpose. The America Meditating Radio is so happy to welcome Karen Kinsbury. Karen is the number one New York Times bestselling novelist, is America's favorite inspirational storyteller, with more than 25 million copies of her award-winning books in print. Her titles have topped bestseller lists, and many of her novels are under development as TV movies and major motion pictures. Her many Baxter books will be the subject of a new TV series, The Baxter Family, debuting later this year with Roma Downey, Mark Burnett, and MGM Studios. Known for her life-changing fiction, Karen has been recognized by Time Magazine as the queen of inspirational fiction. She travels across the country, speaking to tens of thousands of women each year. She's also an adjunct professor of writing at Liberty University, and her newly released book is entitled Love Story, featuring everyone's favorite family, the Baxters. We're proud to welcome Karen Kinsbury. Hi, welcome. Hi there. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is a great opportunity, and I'm so excited to be here. And I know how busy you are with a new book out. You must be on tour, going here, going there. And I'm curious, do you ever get tired? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one of those things I'm literally always saying, okay, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can have extra energy. And and he does, and I am. (laughs) I'm so thankful for that because otherwise it would be a little tough just coming off of a not-so-tough time in Hawaii where I Mm. got to be a speaker at a couple's retreat, and what a beautiful time that was. So that was a week, and uh, I would leave tonight on tour for pretty much the rest of June. Oh, beautiful. Well, congratulations. Now, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm so glad you're no longer a reporter because in these times the stress factor for journalists is so intense, and I don't even know how they're existing. So what was it that somehow moved you from those days into writing and and, and being a novelist? Like what made you get into that space? 
You know, when I was a little girl and growing up, my dad would always say, Karen, one day everyone is going to know you're writing, and one day you are you know, going to be that next best-selling author. And he knew my heart. My heart's dream was to be a novelist, and yet I had a plan B, a backup plan, and that was being a reporter. And back then, it was just a different day for journalism than it is today. Like you said, it's an entirely different thing. can't imagine the stress they're going through, and especially, you know, people – People are feeling that freedom to kind of be more opinionated on, on every side of the fence, and that's never what it was supposed to be. But I did journalism and loved it because it was it was it was there was a great amount of energy and and just sort of passion to go out and really get the real story and come back. But it wasn't my plan A. Plan A was always to write novels, and so I had a story that I covered that was just a tragic story about a girl who was. Uh, killed by her friends, her best friends. And so I wrote that story for the paper and then for People magazine as a way to just sort of make a few extra $100 for the upcoming birth of our first child. So we were just, you know, mid-20s and pregnant with our first child. And, and I was really praying for a way to be home. I just thought if I could write from home, it would be amazing. But it didn't look likely. And then, um, you know, I got a call from an agent who saw that story and he asked me to write a proposal and he got it into a bidding war. And I ended up with it four days before my maternity leave was up, I got a call from him and he said, well, he said, here's what we got you. And it was three times my annual salary. So uh, just one of those beautiful, life-changing moments. I went in and quit my job the next day and I've been home, you know, mm. raising our family ever since. We have six kids now. Now the youngest one is 19 wow. and all that time <laughs> writing books. Oh, wow. What a beautiful story. I love those when, you know, that big moment or that call comes in where you didn't really have to manipulate the future. The future was already destined for you to just fall right into, right? It's like It it's really beautiful. was. Yeah, yeah, it really, exactly. And, and you just didn't see it coming. And it's like, again, you know, my, my dad was my biggest cheerleader through all of that. And he wasn't surprised. He was like, well, Karen, <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. There you <laughs> so, go. You know, Father knows uh, best. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about your newest book, Love Story. What was the inspiration behind that? Well, as you, as you mentioned, I have this um, Baxter family that everyone is in love with, and they've been able to see how you go through these difficult, broken times and come out with hope and redemption and faith and how that works. And so there have been 20-plus books about them. And all along, mm-hmm. people would say, can you please tell me the story of John and Elizabeth? Go back to the beginning, the matriarch and patriarch of the family. Now here, this many books later, Elizabeth has gone, home to heaven and she's not in the picture so when the grandson comes to his papa and says papa I'm doing a project for my history class I need to find out about my heritage can you tell me about your love story with you and grandma Elizabeth I mean John gets tears in his eyes and he thinks do I have it in me to go far back to the beginning of the most beautiful time in my life and really relive it and he knows it's going to be an emotional journey and it's much like the notebook in that way kind of this generation's view at how love can be beautiful and broken at the same time and Mm -hmm. end up creating a generational experience of of love and of life lessons for family members that you know are are just even still being born Well, so then tell me something. What can we look, you know, right now we're in an age where love is being called to love more. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of insecurity. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly a lot of fear happening. You've got children, they're grown up, yet I'm sure as a parent you still are so concerned at their day-to-day protection, safety, and moral fiber that they should embody in, in, their, in their lives as they move along because even the rhetoric 
and what we're witnessing today, those are children. Those were once children of somebody's parents. I mean, they were kids is what I'm trying mm. to say. Oh, yeah. They've grown into adults, and then you're witnessing their behavior. And maybe for some of them, their parents are just in shock, like, I didn't raise you that way. But then you're observing the way that it's influencing the consciousness of more innocent minded individuals moving up, considering that the only way to get your story across is to be very harsh and to be very forceful. Now, my understanding of a life lived with, you know, divine purpose is that the gentler you are, the more forceful you can be, because the vibration Mm. of that gentility is a sign that you've lived a life of love, which is coming from the source. So share with our listeners a little, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, share with our listeners a little bit about the need of this love and and what can we do? Well, it's just, that's just so beautifully said. Um, I I really resonate with that completely because, so for me, you know, I mean, just a little bit about my background. I was raised in a very man, full of man-made rules. It's a a religion that was pretty sort of strict and I kind of said, I'm going to step outside of that and and I don't want to live that way. And in my early 20s, I found I like this relationship with Jesus. And Jesus was such a peaceful person and, and such a peaceful teacher being, you know, fully God and fully man. And I love that when he wanted to tell you something straight, he would. But when he wanted to touch your heart, he told a story. And that's what I get the privilege to do now is to write a story like a love story and let the reader fall in love with it and cry and laugh and really be just taken by this family. And what we don't realize is the walls of our heart are down. And there's rather than reading a how-to book or trying to have someone preach at you, it's like you said, tell a gentle, beautiful, heart-rending story that captures your, your moments and makes you not be able to put down the book. And when you do close the book, something will have a message of love and hope and redemption and second chances will have come through the back door of your heart in a beautiful, gentle way that can literally change the course of your future. Mm, I get that. That's beautiful. Many of us are challenged to juggle our day-to-day responsibilities. And you find a time to raise your family to write. Now you've got, you know, so many books about the Baxter family. Um, Is there a particular way or technique that you could guide us into how we can really balance out the intensity of the responsibility? Because back in my days, or maybe yours, we didn't have cell phones, or even we didn't have, remember the time when we used to have beepers? It's oh, like yeah. a beeper. Who cares? I know. <laughs> you know and, and so you've got cell phones, you've got laptops, you've got kids, you've got work, you've got career, you've got social media, you have who likes you, who doesn't like you. You have a vibration in the planet that is really challenging us. How do we balance our day-to-day responsibility when all of these elements are surrounding us every day now? You know, and you're right. We didn't know how how good we had it with the beepers like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was only the thing that would interrupt our days. But, you know, it really, it's a matter of paying attention to what's right in front of you. And, you know, Love Story reminds us that maybe that's your spouse, that, you know, your husband or wife's right in front of you. And you start that, that beautiful relationship in front of family and friends face-to-face. And then right at the end of the ceremony, you turn shoulder-to-shoulder and set out. But you've mm. got to stop and remember to face each other and to have eye contact and to hold hands and touch because that's where the connections of the heart happen. And I I mean, I think it's just so easy to miss a moment right while it's happening, whether it's a sunrise or a conversation or your child's running in with a handful of dandelions and saying, Mommy, I brought you flowers. 
and I'm shutting my laptop and I'm saying, hey, that deadline can wait. You are the one that's important to me right now. And pouring into their little hearts, into the hearts of the people that God has around you is to go through life as an adventurer of the heart and um, to know that your spirit is meant for more than just the mundane. I think that's um, the key to it all. It's the key to finding balance. And then, you know, the time will show itself. You'll have time to get the work finished. But the people... That are, it might be a stranger, it might be somebody you meet cleaning the restrooms at the airport, but be aware of these divine appointments. Mm, I love that. Well, I'm on your Twitter handle, and I love the one. I don't know if that's your son or your family on the beach. It's a rainy day on the beach, and you've got a copy of your book that is released today, Love Story. And we can't but wish you the greatest of continued success and to keep bringing the beauty of life in our planet more and more. And so I know today is a big day for you. Leave our listeners with a little bit of information of where we can find work about what you're up to and where you're touring. And if you come to D.C., please come so we can host you with the book. We'd love to oh, have you at our museum. Oh, I would love that. That would be amazing, would love to. literally. would love oh, to. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, yep, KarenKingsbury.com, and that's K-I-N-G-S-B-U-R-Y.com. So KarenKingsbury.com has information about the tour. I start that tonight. I'll take some of my family members with me because, again, I want to be intentional with them. So that will happen for the next three weeks, and the dates are all there, as well as information on where to get Love Story and what it's about. And a little more about our family is all on my website and how to connect with me on social media. Um, you know, another thing we're doing this time around is starting today through June 11th, if you go to the bookstore, I really, my deep concern is that we keep bookstores open because they're such a beautiful mm-hmm. place to have an exchange of ideas and hope and information. So go to the bookstore, get a copy of Love Story, take a picture, a selfie, or you have a fun photo with your friends, and then hashtag Love Story book. And I'm going to choose one person to expenses paid and hang out with me for a day in Nashville. That's going to be beautiful. Wow. Awesome. Thanks for the love, my dear. All the very All best. Right. Mr. Janet, thank you so much. God bless you. You're welcome. Bye. So, you know, your calling could be there from the beginning. Your parents would have actually identified it way back in the day. Hopi Indians actually know um, who will be the leader of the tribe by observing how they act and perform as little kids amongst each other. So they would watch the kids between, you know, the ages of 2 to 8 to 10, and they would know who would be the next leader of the tribe just because of the qualities that they were emanating from back in the days. And so really trust kids if you're listening, teenagers, even juniors, if you're listening, sometimes your parents really do know better, and they really are there willing to assist you. So go and visit uh, at KarenKingsbury.com or go to KarenKingsbury.com or visit her on her Twitter page. And you know the show can't be complete if we don't get our beautiful sister Gita on the air. For her to just, you know, what a love story she has been. I mean, her whole fragrance emanates love. And so we're looking forward to hearing what she has for us today. My dear sister Gita. Day to all of us. From the book, Companion of God, written by the world's wisdom keeper, Daddy Janky, has a website, the Janky Foundation. The first act of love, taking a deep breath for yourself. People don't know how to give love, nor do they know how to receive it. Thus, the heart is empty. This is why they don't know what love is. Actually, just to take the time and effort to understand what love is, is in itself 
an act of love. True love is totally uninterested in that which is false. True love means pure love, and pure love is based on your innermost truth, goodness, goodness and desire to bring benefit to yourself and others. Have a wonderful, loveful day. Om Shanti. What did I tell you, everyone? Did you feel that energy on the air? That's our sister Gita, filled with all that love. Everyone, don't forget, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. We are here to love each other the same, so let's do it. Come and join us at the MGM Grand Ballroom on Sunday, July 2nd at 3.30. No, at 3. Yeah, 3.30 to 6 p.m. And don't worry, put your name on the waiting list. It's going to be opened up. We're going to be working on seeing if we can get more seats for our hall of almost 2,000. Please know that if we don't come together more with love and kindness and purity and gentleness, then we're going to be enduring a lot of unnecessary discomfort. Today's show is sponsored by the Arco Iris Foundation, and we do appreciate them for their support and wishing everyone well. Today we're going to also end the song by our friend, Ek Onkar uh, Sanatam Kaur. Take care. Over 30,000 homeless children live in the streets of La Paz, Bolivia. Most of these children live on the bridges and cemeteries or wherever they can find shelter. They eat whatever they can find, steal or beg. Father Joseph Maria Neuenhofer, a German priest, has dedicated his entire life in helping these children. For the last 23 years, Foundation Arco Iris, founded and led by Father Neuenhofer, has helped thousands of these children in providing shelter, food, education, and medical care through the Foundation's hospital. For more information and to donate to Foundation Arco Iris, go to www.arcoirisamerica.org. For over 31 years, Brahma Kumaris in the United States has been transforming lives. This summer, Brahma Kumaris is honored to host Sister Shivani, June 20th through July 9th, on her first ever North American tour, where she will share her simple wisdom and meditation style in 14 cities. An engineer by profession, Sister Shivani presents a logical yet comfortable way of adopting spirituality. The tour includes Great Neck, New York, Westchester, New York, Edison, New Jersey, Toronto and Brampton, Ontario, Dayton, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, Chicago, Illinois, Washington, D.C., Boston, Massachusetts, Danbury, Connecticut, Tampa, and Orlando, Florida. With a grand finale at Peace Village, the Brahmakumaris Retreat Center in the breathtaking Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. Looking forward to meeting each one of you who has become a part of the beautiful Awakening family. Don't miss this special event. Tickets are free. Register now at bkawakening2017.org.